What I wanted to say, I didn't want to say with this around my neck because I don't want anybody to think that I'm hiding behind it, but... Well, you can give it away to someone if you want. OK, you no longer have immunity tonight. Nicole, you now have immunity. Speak. <laughs> Australian Survivor Archives, the only podcast going over the complete history of Australian Survivor from Whaler's Way right through to the current day. Episode 51, we're into the next set of 50 as we are here to recap episode 8 of season 2 of Australian Survivor, celebrity version, of course, from 2006. And we have a, a very interesting one today. I'm very intrigued to talk about this week's episode uh, called Episode 8, funnily enough, covering days 16 and 17, first aired on the 5th of October, 2006. And one of maybe the most controversial episodes in the history of Australian Survivor, I want to say. Uh, plenty to decode and go through. My name is Ben, and you nicked my warm spot, you bastard. Hey, Ben. Hey, listeners. Matt Dyson here as always. And, Ben, any episode where you get to talk about bribery in the game is always a classic. But before we even get stuck into that, I mean, it feels a bit weird not having Elton around breaking shit. You know, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, it, I enjoy this episode, you know, but we've lost a couple of big characters in the last few episodes. But, uh, mate, yeah, there is a lot to talk about this This. Uh, this episode involves here yeah, bribery that seems to come out of nowhere. We've got votes that sort of at the end of it that just seem to not make sense. I, I don't know. I, this is a hard one to sort of sum up because it's got a fantastic reward. Like this, this I can't wait till we start talking about the reward. But, but yeah, it's, it's a bit of a weird episode. Yeah, it's it, you, you don't. You're not wrong. Um, this is an episode that I was really looking forward to getting to because I think on paper it, I mean, this maybe has one of the most epic tribal councils you'll ever see in Australian Survivor. And it's kind of, if this was a Channel 10 one, the editing around this, I mean, the promotion around this, I mean, it would be, you know, lock your lock your family in a cupboard and don't miss a single moment of this, you know, it would be that. But on that page, the editing in general is very strange because the, the two things that sum this season up for me are the ridiculous twist that we will get to in only a couple of weeks' time, and this controversy, which, as you said, comes out of nowhere and is never fully explained. And I know we sort of asked this to David at the beginning of the season, and he really couldn't give an answer. And it's actually interesting um, to to mention David because I've got a lot to uh, add with David's diary that uh, we sort of have uh, let go by the wayside. I've, I've dug it out from the archives here to read what he said about this week, which is very interesting. So, yeah, I think... Remember I said at one point that Justin Milvey is one of the most unique players to ever play this game and is a really hard one to read and how we're going to talk about him? This episode to me is the Justin Milvey of Australian Survivor episodes because it's just, it's odd, it's good, it's interesting, 
Uh, if podcasting was around in 2006, I mean, the internet would have gone ablaze with all the episodes talking about this one. But it's so strange. Like, I just, I don't even know where to come from. But, like, I I might go out on a limb and say this so far to me is maybe the best episode just because it is so unique of this season. And you mentioned the reward is great. There's some great moments, particularly with our lovable duo of Nicole and Imogen. David has got a very underrated role in this episode. Um, and then you've got this Gab and Justin little duo happening and Dicko's on fire again. So it's an odd one, but I, I was very entertained rewatching this one this week. You're right. David's brilliant in this episode, but it, it, it's, I don't know. I'm not, I'm certainly not going to say it's the best episode so far because I, I I left scratching my head thinking like, what, what, what has just happened in this episode? Like, like you said, things come out of nowhere. We've got people that look like they're going to go home that don't. We've got Justin. He's, he's distraught by the end. I don't even think Justin knows what the hell's going on by the end of this episode. The, the beauty is we don't have to wait long until Justin's back in the game. Uh, spoiler right there. Obviously we all know what happens, but, but I don't know. Like, I do. I love this episode, but at the same time, I'm still confused about it. Sitting, I still don't even know what we're gonna, how we're actually gonna talk this episode, what we're gonna be talking about, because it's just so many things happen. But you're right. I mean, that reward, the the, the next couple of rewards in this season is what makes this to me a great season. We got, we already got great characters, but you know, these rewards I definitely want to talk in depth about. But I don't know. But I'm, I'm still confused. I'm still confused about what actually happened in this episode. It's weird that I say it's sort of I think it's the best one because you're right, like it's confusing and, and like there's a lot of issues with this episode and, and we will talk about the editing and, and what is missing because, again, I've always said there's a huge problem with this season that arguably one of the biggest talking points in Australian Survivor history is just, just glossed over like it, it's nothing. But it's just I think that to me is kind of what weirdly makes it a great episode because it's it's got the bad parts and it's just such a talking point. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of one of these um, six of one, half dozen of another where I can I can clearly see the issues, but I like it. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird thing. But you're right. Like, um, we kind of start off this episode really thinking that David's up shit creek without a paddle. Can I just say that uh, the, the preview, uh, you know, last week on Australian Celebrity Survivor, um, Dick Dicko moment where he just basically shits on Gabby. Princess Gab is doing nothing. Um, and then basically Dick Dicko shitting all over David. David's only around because of his cooking. Um, I mean, I'm not going to maybe <laughs> defend too much of Gab, but we've talked up Gab recently, but... David's around a little bit more dicko because of his cooking. David is, uh, I mean, do we need to go through all the names again that we've pointed out? But um, oh, I don't know. Do you, do you pay attention to Dick Dicko in the opening credits? Oh, I, how good were all those names? Of, what was it? The eighth wonder of the ancient world or seventh wonder? I don't know. It's Seventh. That, that, seventh wonder. Jeez, give him the seventh and the eighth. Give him both titles. Why not? But... Uh, but he gets yeah, a couple more nicknames right. this episode too, Matt. We we might need to redo that graphic because he gets two more nicknames in this he, episode. He, he gets he gets big fella. I know that he gets big fella, he gets- and he also gets um uh the dead shot Dave. Yeah, so he gets two big fella and dead shot Dave to add to the list. <laughs> oh shit! Imagine if they gave him that dead shot Dave during that last reward where he was in the in the bathroom for a little bit too long. Dead shot Dave. That would have been a good one. <laughs> Wow. Jeez. And big fella. And big fella. Yeah, and big fella. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, because would you call David a big fella? Like, he's not a big bloke. He's actually a really fit bloke for his age. And, I mean, big fella, maybe, you know, Elton for his muscles or 
you know, if they're, if they're, you know, me, you could call me big fella, but I don't know. Call him Dave. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe that's, maybe they're calling him big fella for other reasons unknown, but uh, who, well, who knows? He's, he's got a big dong. Let's be honest. We know we, <laughs> we just let's, let's uh, admit it there. Um, but yeah, so we're back at camp. Uh, we hear that Elton was called a teddy bear which is nice. Sadly, we didn't get to hear that. So they're a little bit sad that Elton the teddy bear's gone, but he gets to go back and have steak and tomato sauce. So even not in the game, everyone's talking about his love of beef. So that's uh, great. And this is kind of setting up like as bad as the... It's weird to say that the editing is bad because I'll, I'll get to David Mason's production notes at one point because I actually kind of think reading that almost weirdly makes me not get as angry about the editing this episode, but at the same time, I still think there's a bit of work to be done by the, the crews here is why it wasn't captured. But the, the one thing I like about the editing here is they really go straight away like, David's David's in trouble. David's going home. Like, you get this straight away, Justin basically saying, yep, David knows he's in trouble. You've got David then saying, oh, Justin's calling all the shots and then I'm not going to give up until it's all done. So you, you straight away laying the groundwork here that, well, clearly we think David's gone home, but obviously it's going to be a huge turnaround by the end of this. But... I love um, Justin here, you know, David's a politician and a smart man to which David's uh, confessional is that I'm competing with a matinee idol. So he's not even a soap star here. He's a matinee idol. Uh, You know, I love that. Um, We obviously (laughs) get a bit of... I I love the fact that Justin knows how smart David is, you know, and and David mentioned somewhere here about how, you know, it sort of rubs rubs David the wrong way how Justin's a little bit cocky, a little bit of bit of an ego on him. And he said that's David says that's not really the type of person he likes to hang around, you know? So but Justin knows. He, he's mentioned it a few times. He's called him, you know, one smart cocky, a little David, you know, and he's mentioning it again. Like and, and I think obviously we can see it watching it how smart. But it is a, it is good to know that other players were actually noticing, you know, how 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 much of a strategic player David Oldfield was. Yeah, and I, the one thing with this editing in this episode is uh, the many things that come out of nowhere is this Justin-David rivalry kind of comes mm, out of nowhere yeah. this episode, whereas, like, you know, we've seen the build-up, say, with Amber and Fiona previously, Wayne and Gab. Like, this was kind of a multi-episode build-up. This all of a sudden is just like, hey, remember that David and Justin hate each other? No? Okay, well, you now you're going to see it. Um, yeah, but so it's, I, I, but I, I, I thought the same I thought the same. Th- I thought the same thing. I was like, I've nev- we've never seen them once not get along. They seem to... Been having, yeah, so I don't, I, mean, I don't know where that came from. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's interesting because the thing sort of mentioning about David being underrated this episode, like, I mean, we've talked him up a lot over the last few weeks, and you would argue that he's a bit quiet this episode, but. I would argue that David's taking a massive back step, step this episode and just planting seeds to help people oh, yeah. help his game. And it's not a flashy episode by him, but we'll get to some, some oh. of the things that he does this episode and kind of manipulates, particularly Imogen. And Imogen's great this episode. This is probably Queen Imogen's crowning episode. But without David, I don't think Queen Imogen gets her crowning episode. You're spot on, Ben. Like. David really takes a back seat, and you're right. He talks when needed. You know that he he doesn't over talk. He doesn't overplay his hand. He knows he's in trouble. He knows the only thing that's going to save him is is planting a couple of seeds, and hopefully one of those seeds will will grow and and they'll change their mind and, and get the vote off him, which ultimately happens. But you're right, like you know he's and that's what makes him so good. It makes makes yeah. him such a good survivor player. Like you know, there's two ways of going about it when you're in trouble. You know, you can scramble and you know plead your case a little bit too much or, or you can plant a seed and let it see if it works out. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But 
David, he, he said it a couple of episodes episodes ago. Sometimes you just got to get let the game unfold, and that's what I love about David so much. You know, and like if I ever got the chance to play a game, Ben, like that's how, that's definitely how I would look at it. You know, like sometimes you know what, let the game unfold and just see what happens. Don't overplay your hand. Because, you know, Survivors, it's such a tricky game and it's always changing and people are always changing their minds. And you just, you never know until they cast that vote what what the other person's going to decide. So, uh, yeah, no, it, it is. It's a, it's a low-key episode from David, but a, a brilliant one. And this is where I think people really need to take a step back when it comes to analysing Survivor errors and periods and players because Survivor isn't always the flashy game. That's what I always say, that it's all well and good in modern Survivor that we've got blindsides and idols and twists and all this kind of stuff. And again, it's entertaining. We're watching a television show. I understand the point of it. But if you're analysing this from a strategic point of view and who's a good player and who's not a good player, I mean, you look at someone like David and this is an episode where this is, as you were just saying, as important as doing other big things or being, you know, called a hundred different names and winning immunities and all that sort of stuff. I would argue David deliberately takes a back seat this week to not win in challenges as well. We'll get to the reward challenge as well. Uh, you know, here he is all of a sudden dominating challenges. He's got to kind of, you know, realise that Elton and Guy have been voted out because they're a bit too good in challenges. So all of a sudden, shit, he's winning them. Who's the next target? So there's kind of that all-around game that you've got to play. We talked a lot about Rob last season sort of being dominant and entertaining and everything. But, you know, Rob also knew what to do. Like, he got Katie to do his dirty work when he needed to. He had that great confessional about Katie came to me and said this. I didn't tell her to, but I didn't say no. Like, I mean, David's not the cocky confessional guy where Rob is, but I mean, David's almost in many aspects getting Imogen to do his dirty work this week by planting a couple of seeds of going, oh, well, this is a conversation I heard Justin saying to me, which then pisses Imogen off, to which then Imogen's making the big moves, and David's there going, well, see, it worked. Look at that. So, again, uh, all well and good to have these big flashy players of Survivor, but sometimes you don't need to be a flashy player to be a great player. Just quickly, just, just a little side note here to get you to get everyone thinking. Imagine David Oldfield in with Rob Dixon, Katie Gold, and Shona Brown because oh, Shona don't she, give me she a really wreck, appreciated because <laughs> <laughs> Shona she that she appreci- she appreciated hard work. Well, David's a hard worker, you know, cooks it. So I reckon those two would have got along. Obviously, the strategic th- side of things, Rob, like it, that would have been, and obviously Katie's strategic. I mean, that would have. Yeah, you're right. Gets everyone erect. I mean, that would have been an awesome foursome. Well, let's 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 on on that note. Just to complete all the errors of Survivor, let's add Luke Toki and uh, the Golden God in there as well. Like yeah. to give a bit of flash and a bit of you know modern day tranquility to it. Because yeah, they're all pomp and pageantry, but they knew how to sort of hold their cards to their chest as well. So you kind of ticking all the Australian Survivor boxes there, aren't you? If you add uh, Luke and uh, and David into the mix there, to two Davids. Oh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and. Uh, Ben, just to date this episode too, just while we're talking about other seasons. Uh, sorry, mate, the run of Ben's in Survivor haven't uh, hasn't done too well once again. Well, I'll be honest with you right now, Matt, to jump in. I haven't watched any single episodes of this season, so thanks for spoiling it for me. But oh. it's all good. Uh, <laughs> good to know when I start watching that if I start rooting for Ben in this season, then I know he's not lasting that long. So, uh, um, so good to know. All right. Well, I'm going to be honest. You really didn't miss much like with this, like... <laughs> I'm not even going to, like, just, yeah, just watch I it. saw I saw and Ben Morgan tweet at one point saying, like, yes. uh, what is with Ben's? And he's, like, not including uh, Benji. Um, but even then he was like, well, Benji was invisible for, like, the first half of the like, I'm telling you now, until I get on Survivor, the Ben name is cursed. Um, I will bring the spice, well, Channel 10. Come on. Well, uh, you'll be glad to know that 
Benny on this season was also invisible. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, the David name lives up to our expectations. I don't know if we've got another David on this season, but, um, yeah, the, the Ben name, it's it's a cursed name in Australian Survivor. So uh, what what can I say? Um, but we sort of get a few other things here before the Raw Challenge. So obviously they're showing us a bit of uh, Gab and, and Justin getting a bit close, having a bit of a snuggle. Um, I like this kind of moment where... I think we talked about earlier on the season about Imogen's sort of uh, animal rights stance, but we see her eating meat. And he's kind of one of those rare moments where they almost sort of like are questioning, like, are you going to eat this? Because they say, Im, do you want some crab? And she's like, oh, yeah, okay. And then I love this sort of line where it's like, oh, does does Gab want some crab? Oh, no, she doesn't eat crab or lobster. To which David goes, oh, well, she's a cheap date then. <laughs> I love that line. Um, and then we get this interesting uh, line from Gab. This this comes into sort of the the oddness of the edit because we're here. We are kind of talking up Gab over the last few weeks that she's sort of, you know, she's doing what she can and she's sort of getting along, you know, well and everything. And she's made it deep into this game. But it's our first chance of hearing Gab basically saying that she wants to leave. She was jealous that Elton left. She wants to leave, but she's kind of staying around. And this is going to be the the key topic of this episode is Gab staying around for other people um, and then we get this little deal being struck between Nicole and Justin of a, one of these famous sort of survivor moments of oh if we win we'll take each other and kind of obviously uh, we're going to get a little bit of interesting thing there which leads to a very great Justin quote so um, yeah a few little things before we get into the rule and I'm going to say Matt disappointed you don't get to do your job this week no tree mail for you to read no I know I know crazy Disappointing. It's just, but I think there was a bit of clever editing with that Gabby sort of confessional too, because if you listen closely, it looks like they've sort of chopped it. I don't think she's saying she wants to leave. She's like, oh, I've had thoughts about leaving, and then you know, I don't know how much more I can take of it. But if you kind of listen, they've sort of chopped it a bit. They do that with the editing to make it sound probably worse than than it really was. I think it was more that she's saying she had a few thoughts about it at times, but you know, obviously she never actually left. So, well, I will say uh, there's one part of this episode which I was going to raise a talking point with you with the editing and I'm according to David Mason's notes it's all but being confirmed but it's actually even quite interesting the way David explains it because there's something he says which makes me a little bit happy when we get to that but anyway so this reward challenge it's a three-part challenge essentially where uh, you've got elimination section so the first part is a mud run the second part is kind of a rope pull off in the water and the third part is a fire building challenge again keeping up the trend with amazing challenges this season and Dicko on fire at the beginning all those buffy sportsmen who would have thought the reigning five are you i applaud you um and then he, we get back to that one a few weeks ago when he was like gone this week he's just like first two of you gone in the next one with the rope pull off gone uh Dick, dicko on fire fashion bit questionable this week he's not looking too hot this week but i have to say dicko on fire this week he's definitely getting better. Like you can see it throughout each episode. He's a lot more natural now and it's right. He's getting a lot better, but yeah, this great reward, great challenge. I, I like the fact here, just everyone. So everyone knows what they're playing for. So they're, uh, how good is this for a reward? They're playing for a helicopter flight to Pentecost oh. Island, about an hour, an hour and a half North of where they are. Uh, they get, this is what I like. They get the in-flight services of pastries, iced coffee, and a little bit of chocolate. And uh, they get to go witness the the land dive. So obviously the the, the vine jumping, which uh, did, can, can I just say, say, quickly like, ask a question? Uh, did they do this on Vanuatu US? I don't think they did. This was a Who Dares Wins challenge, I remember. Yeah, but I don't I, know if they went I, there on Survivor US Vanuatu. I can't recall it being being on that one. So I mean, this is something that I've known about for years about this land oh, diving. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah and, and and I've been to Vanuatu, but I, I haven't been 
to like Pentecost Island or, or even to the you know, Tanner where the volcano is. But these are stuff I'd love to do one day. But I mean, this is something I've always would love to see. I mean, I've done bungee jumping myself, you know, in New Zealand. Wow. But, um, Didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done bungee off the off the um, the bridge. Yeah, the, the most famous one, the AJ Hacker. Yeah, Queenstown. It's forty three meters something into the water. But I asked to go into the water, but my two brothers did. They got dunked in the water for whatever reason. My rope didn't go. That they must have thought I was heavier than I was. Even though they wrote, <laughs> "You're no, a braver man than me, Matt Dyson." Braver man Tell you than what, me. I wasn't nervous until because I've done skydiving either. I wasn't nervous oh, until until the daredevil. The, yeah, <laughs> who, who dares wins, mate? Who dares wins? Uh, they call, they Get call him me, on the uh, reboot. Get you on Whitney, SAS mate. Australia yeah. coming soon. Uh, Bugger Mark the... Philippousis. I want Matt Dyson on my screens again. <laughs> I'll be the next Mike Whit- Whitney. But, uh, you oh. know, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it, it's not until we, that last second until they do the count. They say, oh, do you want to do a count? Then like, yeah, do a count. Then like five, four, three, two. And then like, that's when you start to like, holy shit, this is actually happening. But uh, I'm a but, wuss. Yeah, no. I won't even go on a roller coaster at fucking Dreamworld. Like I, I'm a wimp. The, the most daredevil thing I did, uh, I did the, the Sky Tower in Auckland, the walk around the top of that where you kind of rope to it and you kind of lean over the edge. You're about 190 metres up. Nick Chess, a good friend of ours over on uh, the Oz Network, I went with him. He did the bungee off the Sky Tower and then the next day he came and did the walk with me. So, uh, yeah, he couldn't get me to do the bungee. And then I asked the people at the Sky Tower when he did the bungee, I'm like, what's scarier, the bungee or the walk? And they're like, oh, the walk. And I'm like, why? It's like, well, the bungee's over in like five seconds, whereas the walk, you're up there for like half an hour. T1 thing, yeah, when you so- hit the other side on the harbour side there in Auckland, the wind hits you, you've got a piece of rope basically hanging off 190 of metres above Auckland. Yeah, it's pretty shit scary. So I'm a wimp. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I, yeah, this is something I would love to see. I mean, to see, to be in Vanuatu and actually see the, the land dive, diving actually happening. I mean, this it would be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So this is where I, I can't say it enough. I've said it a million times, but this is what I love about this season. These reward challenges are, are like are the best this is what survivors about and 100%. you know i hope i hope that in this current australian season in cloncurry i hope that they do start doing something i'm obviously not going to be doing land diving but but some sort of like fantastic reward challenges where they get to sort of go out outside of camp and do something i mean uh yeah so anyway getting a little bit off track there but but yeah this is what i love about this season and, and yeah great challenge and uh, I, I think a, perf- a perfect time, episode eight, a perfect time to pull out a big one like this. And I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this might be the best reward in Australian Survivor history. I know we've got another great one this ep- uh, this season to come. Um, but, no, I, I agree with you. We've talked this up a lot this season. Um, but, yeah, I this is what Survivor to me should be as well. And, like, you get Imogen really selling this, you know, this cultural experience, kind of seeing this. And actually reading David Mason's notes here, so it's, it's kind of very interesting to read his thoughts on this. So... Uh, apparently it was raining during this whole situation. I couldn't even tell, but he said there was a 10-minute break that they could film because basically uh, holding a camera up to the sky when it's raining is terrible. It only happens between February and May when the vines have to have the right amount of stretch. So they were lucky enough to be there at that time. And apparently uh, it's not cheap to get there. So David said there's only basic accommodation. It's not cheap to get there and back. He said having a helicopter and a charter plane at your disposal kind of helps. Um, so, yeah, like, I don't know, like maybe one day when we run out of shit to talk about, which we've got years ago, we're, we're not going to. But if I had to rank the rewards of Australian Survivor, I don't think there's much that tops this because it goes oh. into that cultural aspect of it. And this is this is one of the most unique things in the world because that's scary as fuck. I'm sure plenty of people die doing this every year, even though they know what they're doing. But I can't imagine that there's not a few accidents every now and then with this. 
Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. No, I, I 100% agree. I, I can't think certainly off the top of my head any better reward challenge in, in Australian Survivor history and um, I, I highly doubt it will ever be top. But how we, one thing we didn't cover too, just before we got to the reward challenge, we saw Justin and Nicole on the beach talking about if they win reward that they're going to take each that. other. You weren't listening oh, to oh, me again. Wasn't, Jesus, wasn't Matt, listening. Oh, you know, it's, You're a daredevil, listen. but you just don't listen. Well, well, maybe we should have talked about it more because it's a pretty big point then, the fact that end up who winning it and what happening. But, yeah, it, it, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? That uh, David Mason mentioned it and called it absolute TV poetry is what he well, called that. Well, I don't think Nicole was going to realise how big this reward was going to be. So, I mean, I don't blame her for wanting to take Imogen. I want yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the challenge itself, but like you're right. Like I mean, it's one of these amazing survivor moments where you get. Um, it's, I mean, I think the reason why maybe it's not something to talk about as much is because it's not like in the US one or that where it, there's it's kind of brushed over pretty quickly. We get a great Justin quote, but kind of it's it's brushed over. Like if this was in a different season, this would cost Nicole votes. You know what I mean? But like this is, I guess, the nature of this season, a relationship where at the end of the day, it doesn't really hurt her. But can I just talk about this challenge quickly? So. The mud run. First of all, Dicko again on fire when uh, he basically talks about, uh, at the beginning, he's like, mud, mud, glorious mud, but I want a clean race, which he then says, play hard, play dirty, and play to win. Um, And then I just want to say right now, to date this episode... Obviously, the Olympics are on right now, and we get some great commentary at the Olympics. I'm thinking Bruce, I'm thinking Basil, iconic moments in Australian sport. One of the most iconic calls in Australian sporting history, Bruce McAvaney, Sydney 2000. Kathy, this is a famous victory! What a champion! What a legend! Here we've got Dicko. She's making a go for it! She's making a run! Oh, what a victory! Dicko, get Dicko at the Olympics! Calling Gabby his comeback over David incredible. Uh, I mean, come on, that's got to be up there with some of the great calls in Australian television history. Okay, but it was the call right, though, because I know I've, I went back and listened to this. He doesn't stipulate that they have to touch the mat, but we all know in Survivor history that when you finish to race, when you finish the challenge, you've got to actually touch the mat. That's, that symbolises the finish, right? If you look closely, and I paused it, David actually touches the mat before Gabby. Which would, I, which would well, which should, which should mean David should win. But, but I mean, look, I agree with you. I don't disagree with you, but I'm sure that it was explained because we know that obviously it explained a little bit more outside of what we see on camera. So maybe it was just bad editing that we didn't see it. But like, I get what you're saying because I looked at it too. I'm like, David looks like I mean, but that I think maybe also plays into my point where we're going to get a very famous moment this season when somebody complains about losing a challenge, but. I almost think David was fine losing because yeah. again, it just comes back to David not wanting to show his his strength really. Well, so, I, but, yeah. I think I think what well, I think he called it too early. I think what happened, she came out and like because they didn't need half her body could still be in. She could still touch the mat, but she's kind of missed it and hasn't touched it. And David's come in and put it and like it's all happened real quick. But he's actually touched it and Gabby missed it. She, yeah, it was, she was Don't the take away from the moment, Matt. It's well, a great. Come on, Dicko's on fire here. Let's I'm, be honest. I'm a, <laughs> ben, I'm a police officer. I'm a stickler for the rules, mate. <laughs> and a daredevil police officer. I can't imagine like you're involved in these, you know, Keystone Cop type chases half the time. I, t- I tell you, I tell you one thing. Another thing, wouldn't say daredevil, but a, a Victoria Falls in Africa, in 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 the border of Zambia and Zimbabwe, we, we went up in one of these. 
it's like a light aircraft. It's, it's like an open air aircraft. Like so you've got the driver and then you're behind it. And then it's got like the parasailing or gliding wings on it and a little motor at the back. It's fantastic. A lot of people wouldn't do it because they're like, no way. But that, if anyone's listening and wants to travel in the future, like that among, like if you're thinking of things to do that are a bit daredevil or, you know, bungee jumping, skydiving, that is, that was probably the best out of all of it. It wasn't, wasn't scary. It would be scary if you're worried about the, this little tiny whippersnipper motor bloody conking out and, fallen down into Victoria Falls, never to be seen again. But, but uh, yeah, that was quite amazing as well. You are an amazing man, Matt Dyson. We, we need to do a travel show of just, uh, you know, <laughs> instead of calling it Getaway, call it Mattaway with uh, <laughs> some Matrina Roundtree. Uh, I'd, I'd watch that. And Ben Dark, the return of Ben Dark. Yeah, I can, be, I can play back. the role of Ben Dark. But um, so we have the mud run and then we have, I, I, again, like all the individual parts of this challenge are great challenges by themselves. I love these rope ones where you're kind of on the thing. And I want to point out that this is an episode of sexual innuendos. Um, it's kind of one of these things there was uh, the channel Everything Wrong With on YouTube and they used to do a section where this scene is really dirty if it's just audio and you don't see anything. There's a lot of clips in this episode which if edited together sound really, really dirty particularly with Gab and Justin. And we get the first one here where David says, Justin and Gab, you know the rules. You have to pull each other off. So uh, just going to leave that one for people to uh, to work out on that one. But we get down to the final. We get a fire building challenge between Justin and Nicole. Nicole's going to win. And you, I mentioned to you off air that I think there's one key thug life moment in this episode. And it's right here. Uh, to which, uh, first of all, Dicko starts off with, are you ready, Twisted Fire Starters? Great start. I, to which Zeddy goes... I know what you're going to say. Yep. <laughs> to which he adds, is that adding the, the husks on the thing? Yep, yep. And on goes Bert Newton's wig. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it written down in my notes, Ben. It's I, so oh. good. <laughs> you know, okay, I'm gonna let, let, I'll let the listeners in on something here. So you said pr- pr- prior to us pressing record, you said, okay, I've got the thug life moment tonight. And I said, oh, I don't know what it, if there it was one. And I was like, and you're like, no, when we get to it, you'll know. And anyway, when I flicked the page of my notes, and I, I had it written in. I was like, that's it. That is it. And then, of course, it is. <laughs> Bert Newton's wig. Can I just Gold. add, story time with Matt and Ben today. You've talked about your Daredevil thing. I'll, I'll talk about a Daredevil thing I did when I got to the glorious chance of interviewing Bert Newton. Uh, he'd come down to Hobart. He was performing in the, the national version of Greece. He was the narrator of it. And uh, I, I interviewed him in the lobby of a hotel here in Hobart. One of the most nicest men you can ever meet. Sat down with him for a good 15, 20 minutes. And my mum was alive at the time and I, I told her that I was interviewing Bert. My mum loved Bert Newton. I mean, who doesn't love Bert Newton? Icon. Should have been on Celebrity Survivor. I would watch that. And... Um, you know, I don't often in interviews, like if my mum said, oh, I love that person, say hello or, you know, whatever. But my mum said, if you get a chance, say hello for me. So I, in the interview, was like, look, I've got to mention this. My mum loves you and wanted to say hello. So he basically, in the middle of the interview, was like, what's your mum's name? And I'm like, oh, mum's name's Kim. And he just went on this big thing of like, Kim, hello, how are you today? And just went on this massive like speech thing. You're like, oh, just such an absolute <laughs> icon and a nice man. So um, nothing but nice things to say about Bert Newton when I got to interview him. Oh, that's right. It's good that he, he got a mention, but it did look like his wig, by the way. It did. Oh, it was a good call by Dick. I mean, Dicko again on fire. Like, I mean, it's like this challenge. But the line I love, like I mentioned the great Justin line. So obviously, yeah, Nicole wins. Great to see Nicole. I mean, this is a great Nicole episode. A giggle. Her just like, a just again, the nicest female player and, we've ever had in this game. Up there she- with... Go, you go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, and she beats she beats the fire god. They yeah, call him the, the fire, fire god. Exactly, that's yeah. a good point, actually. But um, 
you know, she obviously ends up taking Imogen and she feels bad. Like, oh, you know, my little friend. I'm sorry, Justin. I love this confessional from Justin. I'm done with rewards. Pretty over it, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, Justin has some great confessionals this episode. He really does. Uh, but uh, I just, I love Justin and that. But yeah, as you mentioned, the reward, it's a great thing to see. Um, Nicole, giddy Nicole. Just, I love her little laughs. And her in the hell. I mean, you, if, if there was anyone left in this game I want to see in a reward, I want to see these two get a reward yeah, together because absolutely. it really is great to see them and uh, just just an incredible experience as we've talked about. And I love Imogen when she's sort of saying that, you know, like this is something I'll remember forever. I do love Imogen maybe over uh, analysing the height. It's like a skyscraper. Um, how many, what is it, like four or five stories? I think skyscraper's got to be at least like 20 stories. I don't know the exact official terminology for a skyscraper, but I'm not saying, oh, there's the Empire State Building up there. But. But, but I love how they go, I love how they start with the young boys at the lower yeah. level, you know, and you're like, oh, geez, that's pretty cool seeing, seeing the kid do it. And then it gets a little bit higher and higher. And then it just gets to this, the, the last point where they, they're like right on the top of it. You don't even realize like they can get up that high, but you got like these, the older bloke, you know, they're obviously done it a million times. And yeah, I mean, like I said, if they only had 10 minutes to get all these, sh- these shots in, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they obviously use that shot in the opening clip, or, or, you know, the opening clips of the, of when they, when the names come up and yeah, um, yeah, I guess it symbolizes this season. When you think of Vanuatu, you know, and you think of Vanuatu Survivor, you think of this vine jump, all because, you know, obviously it's such a great shot. So, I mean, the cameraman, the, the, you know, the production crew would have had a great time themselves, you know, behind the scenes watching on and, and getting to film all that. So, um, yeah, look, I, I hope one day I get to go there. It'd be absolutely amazing and something that you, you definitely wouldn't forget. I'll tell you what, Matt, uh, it was briefly mentioned on our social media in a conversation uh, that uh, maybe in a few years' time for the 20-year anniversary of uh, Survivor, Celebrity Survivor, we're doing the Whaler's Way uh, trip in a couple of months, so why can't we do this for, uh, you know, boys' trip to Vanuatu in 2026? What do you think? Well, I reckon Elton's probably still there on on the the beers and the steak, probably, so he's probably still there from 2006, so he'll get in on it. But, yeah, no, look, it'd be awesome whether it happens or not is another thing, but... um, yeah, more involved in that we, one. Maybe, maybe, maybe you and I should just go if we can't yeah. get anyone else. We'll, we'll, we'll bring we'll bring Elton with us. You know, three of us: Elton, Matt, and Ben. Do Vanuatu coming soon to Netflix? I don't know. I reckon we could um, get David. I reckon we could get David there. I reckon bring Imogen along. Bring Sarah Marie on. We're, we're a week yeah. away from that, but. <laughs> I love if the only one. I love if the only one we could get is Sarah Marie. She goes, oh, that'd be a fun time. I'd be down. Oh, come on. What about Ben yeah. Wynn? We could find him, couldn't we? Oh, well, boys, I'm gonna. I'll come to Vanuatu with you. Oh, thanks, Ben. Great, Ben and Ben and Matt, <laughs> BBM. Um, I there's an interesting sequence here just before we get to the immunity challenge. So, first of all, this is kind of a little sequence where uh, again you've got to take some of these quotes in isolation here when they're talking. Uh, David sort of mentioning about Gab and Justin being a bit flirty again. They're trying to sell us this Gab and Justin sort of relationship. We get this moment where Gab and Justin are like shaking a tree. I've written down a few quotes here to which uh, Gab says. Oh, yeah, right there. It's a big one, honey. To which she then goes, oh, yeah, that's a beauty. Um, and then at one point, Justin's like, oh, and then it goes, oh, we had a great, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a sick bastard this week, but uh, listen to the credits. It sounds funny at the end. <laughs> You'll get it when you listen to it. <laughs> so there's a few endo- endoendos, is there? That's what I'm trying to say. Thank you yeah. very much. But of course, this is this is now really selling this Justin v David thing because I do like this moment. The whole sequence here is Gab and Justin have gone into the jungle, got some pawpaws and some mandarins. Like, oh, look at how big this is! Look at the hole. David's just like, 
Yeah, I love how he thinks he got a lot. That's about like a, a not even half of what Nicole and I generally get. A third, I should say. Uh, and then we sort of, maybe I'll cap it there because we've got a bit to unpack just for the immunity challenge because this is the real start of something's happening here which we're not seeing. Well, well, Justin mentioned something about he, he's taking Gabby up to the hills to get the fruit for the first time. And I was like, how is she only doing that the first time? But then I realised, like, she had never been on that beach up until the point where they merged, was she? Because she was obviously with the boys originally in Kakula. Then she stayed on Kakula when the other two girls came over. And then it yeah. wasn't until, yeah, because I was thinking, how has she never been up there to, to look for, you know, surely she couldn't be that lazy. And I realised, well, she's probably only been there a few days. So, so that was fair enough. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt there. But you're right. This is where we, we obviously see that, you know, D- David calls it, oh, yeah, Gabby's Justin's main gal. I like how he uses the gal. But, um, but yeah, this is, I guess, where the editing is starting to show us, okay, well, David and Justin, there's something going on there, but also Gabby and, and Justin are getting extra close now. They're doing a lot of things together. And in a way, I guess it kind of showing that they're almost a little bit isolating themselves from, from Nick and and Imogen as well, which whether that has anything to do with what happens later on in the vote. But, uh, yeah, it seems to definitely be Gabby and Justin really sort of, you know, stuck at the hip. Which I'm guessing what is about to happen now, David either overheard or was told at this point. Because when Eamon and Nicole come back, we sort of get a bit of a start of Imogen saying that, like, hey, like, we had a great time, but we don't really want to gloat about it. Again, like, Imogen, just the, ever the nicety and, like, smart smart player she is. And then we get this this quote from her where she says, the Alliance of Four are starting to show cracks. There is a deal going on between Gab and Justin where I believe Gab... Uh, has been asked to stay here for Justin, and I don't know how I feel about that. I'm only going to be standing behind Nicole. Now, through this point, we get a bit of uh, David v. Justin stuff. The Fire King won't get up. Uh, I love Justin's quote of, I'm an actor, I'm not a morning person, you know, typical actor. Uh, And I kind of like David coming in, hello, Fire King, we may need you to get started in the next hour. And the Fire King has risen. Um, I like it, I like yeah, I was just gonna say I like the David. Yeah, he says he he says the, he has this great confession. I, I want to say it word for word. He goes, "The Fire King is on vacation this morning. Yeah, he's he's sleeping in later each day as his security build. So obviously, yeah, like it would be annoying David that that he you know he's Justin getting cocky that he, he thinks he's so secure that now nah, he's sleeping a bit. The fire's sort of gone to the way. They have a shot of the fire and there's just no fire in it. Like obviously, yeah. I love the editing around that as well. Like just an empty fire pit. Obviously, and Gab's and Gab's line like just you know kind of like ah oh, you you nicked my warm spot you bastard and kind of like I mean I would yeah it's 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 kind of this cockiness and arrogance of these two all of a sudden. But th- this was the brilliant Justin confession. He goes, "Oh, I'm definitely not a morning person." Let um, unless I'm getting paid for it. <laughs> he go, I love Justin's laugh. I feel like yeah, I talk yeah. about Nicole's laugh, but Justin's got a real like sinister like. <laughs> and then laugh, he goes, like a, uh, a dastardly dick laugh. <laughs> he ends it with, oh, "That's a typical actor thing, isn't it? You know, they don't yeah. like getting up early unless they're getting paid." Um, oh. But yeah, I mean, and then obviously right here, I, I like um, David's line when he's like, "I was nearly going to lose it," and then again another great job. Like it seems Justin's so interesting this episode. Again, this sums Justin up so well. But like, I love his line. He's like, "I can get fire going this morning. I'm a legend," and he's like, "Ah!" <laughs> and then it kind of ends just before we go to the immunity challenge of Nicole, like talking about this pressure. So there's so much unpacking because, like, basically this to me is where shit has gone down. So at some point, the talking point is that Justin is allegedly making deals with people, offering them money to stay in the game to help him win. 
and we never see this, and I'll talk about this on David Mason's notes shortly, but Imogen's obviously been had this brought to us, and Imogen is not okay with this. David's obviously told her, as we're going to find out in the Tribal Council, Nicole's getting some of the backlash too because she's saying, like, I'm feeling pressured. I don't know what's going on. And then we've got cocky Justin and cocky Gab who, I mean, on any season of Survivor, if you're not making deals or not, like, they're still cocky. Like, this is very Marquesas, John Carroll sort of-esque. Like, you're kind of being too cocky to the point where shit's going to turn out. And I would even go on a limb here and say that even if Justin's not offering people money, you know, David can work Imogen and Nicole onto his side. Like, look how cocky they are. They're just sitting around. He's like three verse two. Like, it's not very smart on their page. But it comes down to this whole deal. We, we, we never see it. We, to this day, do not know anything more about it than when we're going to get to Tribal Council. Even at the end of this season, it is never explained. David couldn't explain it to us. That's David Mason, of course. We haven't had David Altwood on the show yet. Now, reading his notes here on his production notes, which... It's very interesting how he explains this. So um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this here word for word. So David Mason says in his production notes for episode eight, his episode eight blog, uh, talking about David uh, Oldfield here. He was handed something on a plate. Justin and Gab had been getting closer and closer to each other. We could all see that. But not even we knew what had really been going on between the two of them. Justin had apparently been choosing his moments away from the camera to make a deal with Gab. We can't be certain, but it may have been involved uh, have involved Justin promising to pay Gab if she agreed to stay in the show and not ask to be voted out so that she could give Justin her vote. Um, so David Mason's basically admitting there that Justin is going off camera to do this. Now, it's interesting in his production notes here, he goes on a bit of a rant saying that, oh, we're so understaffed, you know, people are working on 20-hour days and the US crew have days off because they've got three times of staff. And I get that. We talked to David Mason about the budgetary and all that sort of stuff. But it's almost like David Mason's making excuses to why they didn't capture this. I I, I don't want to sit here and and rip shit into the production crew because I'm not a production person. I understand that they're doing the best they can. But I do have to question how on a reality TV show when generally you are filming everything as best as you can, you can allow people to go off camera to do this. This would never fly in Channel 10. This would never fly in US version. I don't understand it. And this is maybe the biggest talking point of this season. And like... I, I, I want to talk about the kind of morality of this soon because I know I've talked about it earlier and that's a whole different kettle of fish. My point here is a production that you can let go of this. Like, how could you let this happen that you do not catch this on camera? I mean, it, it can happen. I mean, obviously, I was only there for a couple of days. So I was there when there was 12 people on a beach. And there was times when I was talking to people that wasn't it wasn't captured on camera. I mean, but what they're down to what five now, and there's really yeah. no excuse for that. When when there's five people, they should have enough that anyone walks off unless they go into the bathroom that that the cameraman follows them. But uh, but yeah, I mean, the point definitely- the, the point I just want to add, sorry to jump in, is that like yeah. I think about Ralph Kaiser on uh, Survivor Redemption Island found an immunity idol. The cameras didn't catch it. They were so pissed off. They were like, no you're going to go bury that right now and we're going to film you capturing it. They often will do, like, let's recreate, like, and I get that, that sort of things, but, like, how can David Mason as a producer, I'm not I'm not shitting on David, like, this is not me trying to say this, but they've got this storyline which is barely explained. It is not explained at all. It comes out of nowhere, it's gone out of nowhere, then it comes back in Final Trouble, and still to this day, and this is the biggest thing I want to find out 15 years later, what the hell happened? Like, 
is this a case of like David and the producers have gone to Justin and Gavin going like, no, this isn't good enough. You need to have a conversation on camera. And they've flat out refused because I will say Justin Melby kind of all but avoids everything. Like his explanation in Tribal is one of the worst things I've ever heard. So maybe it is a case they did try everything to get this on camera and they couldn't. So they had to go with what they got. Maybe Justin refused like, no, I'm not going to put my good nature in the in the toilet here but by he, you doing this. It's an allegation you can't prove. He, I don't know. Yeah, but he, he doesn't defend himself on camera though. Like he doesn't defend himself saying, how dare you He doesn't me do anything. Or... Like this no. is the problem. Like he literally just answers it like he's asking answering a different question. I guess what I'm trying to say here is this is a big talking point of this episode. Out of nowhere, Justin goes home based on these allegations. And it's just, I don't understand how on a reality show you can have this aired. Like if it, like if you could get around not showing it at all, like maybe I know Imogen giving up immunity uh, necklace is a big thing. We want to see it and maybe you can't edit around it, but I would rather them edit that out and kind of just be like, Oh, Justin's gone home because he's too cocky. Then, Hey guys, here's a carrot. This is what happened. It's never explained. And we're just so confused by it. So yeah, it's just yeah, so, so odd. So, like you said, something's obviously happened that, that wasn't captured on TV or wasn't captured on camera. And, and they've, yeah, they've got themselves into a bit of a pickle at Tribal where there's immunity idols getting swapped and Justin's going home and, and yeah, and they're like, Holy shit, like how do you how do you edit around that when it when it gets that big? Like and that I guess that's what the problem is. You know what, we need to mention something, otherwise it's yeah. gonna look really awkward. But let's just move on and never mention it again until ASA come on fifteen years later and wanna get exactly. to the bottom of it. Thank you. Thank you everyone. But like it's but like I guess I feel like I'm going to have a massive, massive problem with the the worst twist ever in Australia. Well, well again, maybe not okay. the worst twist. We've gone over well, a Dead Eye Beach or whatever that was called. But um, I, I, I think know, that, I know. Uh, yeah, no, go you ahead. Go. Oh, you go, go, Matt. Come on, Matt. You're a daredevil. Well, we'll jump in here. Come on, Matt. Well, well hopefully, David. <laughs> when we get David on, he'll be able to fill in, fill in the gaps. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're sort of jumping ahead. We're now talking all about tribal, which we haven't even up to yet. But but Imogen looks at him and basically says, "Well, you know." You've sort of told me, David. So David must know something. Oh, because this, Imogen, is, this is my point where I said, David, I think yeah. something happened when they're at the reward. David's found out and David's gone to Imogen. But yeah. even then I question, well, why didn't we see David's conversation with yeah. Imogen? Yeah. So, I mean, we have jumped ahead. Uh, we, we're still at the we're still at the, the immunity challenge tile shoot. But, yeah, it is. It's a big talking I, point. And it's, yeah. It's, and I think, well, I think the reason I bring it up is because I think, like, as you said, it's a big talking point. And, like, this is, I think, important to put this right now into the time frame of where we are. And this is where it's kind of happening. And we'll get to tribal. And, like, I mean, I just want to take a sidebar and say, like, in terms of if this is true, if Justin's offering money, I think I said this earlier in the season. If it's not specifically written in the rules, which in the US Survivor it is, we know about Mortgagegate in Nicaragua and the alleged things that happened there. We know about Survivor Africa and the alleged things that happened behind the scenes there. Um, and again, it is a big no-no in US Survivor. You cannot offer to share the money or offer money. Like, you get caught, you're done. It's like Big Brother in Australia was always like that. But if it's not specifically written in the rules that Justin Melvey cannot say like, hey, Gabby, I'll give you $10,000 if you stay around... I personally don't have a problem with it because if Survivor is a game of basically no rules, you know some rules, but if that's not written in the rules, that's one of these weird things where I say props to you, Justin Melvy, for trying to floyd the game slightly and work it to your favour. People probably don't agree with me that because it is a bit dirty uh, and I can understand where Imogen's coming from and David's using it to his advantage, but I don't know. To me, it's some, on some weird level, I'm kind of just like, yeah, if that's not a rule, then fucking go for it, Justin. <laughs> go go for your life. Like, I, I would go out on a limb and say, and I, again, I'm not trying to be a dick to Justin by saying this, 
2006, I think Justin Melvey had maybe fallen out of the spotlight a little bit. He'd done Dancing with the Stars. I don't know if this was pre or, uh, you know, after his Days of Our Lives, sort of Young and the Restless, General Hospital, whatever he was on in the US. So, obviously, like, it's a bit of a boost for his career. So, like, him winning Survivor would look really good on the resume. And, I mean, I can't fault him. And he's going to go on to lose this game by one vote. And... As I've always said, and I've said in this episode, Justin Melby is one of the most unique Australian Survivor players of all time because you could argue he's nothing but a cheating villain that we hate and good luck go away, but he's also very interesting. He's played this game quite well, and if this is what he can do to exploit the rules a little bit, then good on him. Like, I, I don't know. He's such an interesting one to talk about. Just too, while I, while I remember, that's why we're talking about actors, though, it's someone that we've mentioned uh, this season, Dita Brummer, uh, passed away during the week Uh time of recording anyway so um we we've mentioned him on the on past of course Dita Brummer was the uh on home and away played played Shane obviously Shane and Angel famous couple when I started um, watching home and away it was and Shane and Angel were the hot couple yeah. I remember them vividly yeah, yeah. so um yeah he, it was pretty shocking uh, when during the week I saw that he he passed away he was only in his late 40s and he was one that we'd actually mentioned that could have possibly uh you know been on this season but I just thought I'd bring that up because um before I forget because yeah like, we were talking about actors and obviously an actor that had gone too soon. Um, can I, well, I mean, yes, rest in peace, Dito. It, it was very sad. But can I ask your opinion, like, if, uh, while we're on this topic, like, I mean, how do you fall on the, if it's true, Justin was bribing people with money story? Look, if it's not in the rules, anything goes. But, I mean, it's it's not Survivor. It's, it's not Survivor, but this was a celebrity version as well. So it's, it's different. But, but I mean, if it's in the rules, well, then, yeah, then it, you, if it's in the rules that you can't do it and he's doing yeah. it on a sly and deliberately going off camera deliberately going off camera to pull people aside to do it knowing that it's against the rules. Well, I mean, that's not playing fair, is it? So, I mean, that's not fair to, to people like David who are, and Imogen and Nicola who, who are giving it their all. Obviously, Gabby's openly saying she's doesn't really want to be there. But, I mean, Nicole wants to be there. Um, you know, Imogen definitely wants to be there. And we all know that bloody David Oldfield would do anything to be there. So, well, so going I mean, back yeah. to Guy Leach. You know, how much well, did Guy Leach want to be there as well? Well, I would be pissed off. I'd be pissed off if I got close to the end and then I find out someone's doing deals on the side. But if it's not in the rules, well, then he's found a glitch in the rules, hasn't he? So you and can't And that's, that's my thing. That. That's my thing. Like, it's not – like, I, I read some of the comments on the um, Survivor Sucks forums where they were like, I'm a conspiracy theorist. I think he was disqualified, but they made it that he was voted. And that, like – Based on how he reacts to trouble, that could very well be the case. But then again, David never mentioned to that in the interview. Uh, you know, but, I'm sure, can, like, but he can't. Yeah. But he can't be disqualified. He comes back. Well, that, oh, that's actually a valid point. But um, but <laughs> you that's can't the be thing. Disqual- you can't be disqualified and come back and get to the end, Ben. Didn't even think about that. Look at you, the smart one on the show. But how um, do you forget about this twist? <laughs> because I want to black it out. Because it's the like you know. Ben, out- I want. He- he lost. He lost by one vote. I did just say win. that. I did just say that. Yeah. See, uh, I, I, talk, I blame you for not listening. I don't listen to myself. Anyway, we've got more to talk about that. But the immunity challenge. So um, it's a tile shootout. Basically, they've all got four tiles and they've got to shoot it all. Um, and Imogen ends up winning. We get a couple of nicknames here: Dead Eye Dave, Big Fella, all that sort of stuff. Everyone's targeting. David, I do, I do love. There's that moment when like uh, Dicko's like, "Who are you targeting, Imogen?" And she's like, "Marone." And they cut to David's face. He's like, "What?" Um, the the thing I was going to bring up with this one was, I was like, "Surely this is very obvious editing," because like everyone hits their targets like first go. I'm like, "This can't be true." Like they they had to have missed everything going on here. Uh, and Mr. David Mason 
confirms it. And I want to, I get a bit excited here because he actually mentions Survivor Season 1 Whaler's Way. So uh, let's read this. He says, The catapult immunity challenge was a near disaster. The wind was so strong, and of course, it kept on raining and blowing water onto the lenses that it made it tragically difficult for the survivors to aim straight. And then he mentions, Get ready for this, Matt. Was this going to be our Aussie Survivor episode one moment where they thought, like, the challenge <laughs> is done? Like, great, that David Mason, like, harks back to Whaler's Way. I love it. Uh, we kept on thinking the challenge went on and on. There were plenty of times when the survivors missed the targets completely, and the audience is never going to want to see the tedium of that. Obviously, we had to cut it back, and it makes show the survivors look good at shots. It was copied from a CBS show, but it wasn't one of the best challenges. Damn it. Actually, let's be honest, it was a crap challenge. Sorry. But there are better challenges coming up. Now, all the comments on the Aussie Survivor sucks are, are hating this challenge. They're like, oh, another one where you basically give immunity to someone which i can understand but this one's a lot more entertaining than having to like just have people chop for for no reason i think i actually don't have a problem with the challenge i think it would have been better as maybe for a reward challenge maybe not for that big reward yeah. but yeah, yeah one a bit earlier maybe one with a few more people involved or whatever but i, I don't have a i mean it's a it's a once again it's a it's a cheap challenge but i think they've still done it quite well i mean it's a yeah it's still as as a viewer you're still watching like oh who's who's one are they going to get and you know you can accidentally go for someone and accidentally hit someone else's or hit your own so i mean those sort of things always make it fun as well but i think he's been a little bit harsh on himself um but yeah look Maybe not. Maybe a little bit earlier in the game, not when it's getting right down to the end. But, uh, well, I don't know. What, did, did you enjoy it? I, I like this challenge. I like a good shootout challenge. I mean, to me, it's better than, like, yeah, as we said, the problem with the sort of the, the chopping of things or putting uh, rungs on a ladder is when you don't have a question and answer, it's just like, hey, put rungs. Like, that's not that entertaining. That was the worst challenge of the season. This one, like, yeah, I it, like a good shootout challenge. I, they're, I they're still fun. think, though, talking about, like, a slingshot challenge, the best one, and that was for a reward, but the, the one... Um, in season one where, you know, with the, the whale with, but that was off the cliff, oh, you know, Jane. Obviously, obviously, yeah, Jane wins and she gets the, the team scones. Jam, That's thing and- though. We, we've talked about crowning a queen every season. I just, I just want like a coronation parade where we've got Jane on a float. There's Imogen on a float. I don't know who our queen is next season, but like, just, I want that. That's a float and a half. Like, I mean, great to have the Aussies <laughs> come back in a few weeks from Tokyo with the gold medals around the neck, the welcome home parades. I want my Queens of Survivor parade, you know, Jane and Imogen next to each other. There's a parade. Come on, Matt Dyson. You're there. You're driving the trucks. <laughs> Come on. Oh, uh, speaking of which, shit. Queen Imogen wins. Imogen wins the the. I love her little la, 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 thing that she yeah. does at the end there, and uh, they all get around it. I um, also love when David gets eliminated. And everybody just celebrates. But um, how yeah, is like, Imogen? I, I, yeah. Um, yeah. She, yeah, Imogen was nearly our first boot. You know, yeah. like yeah, she and she's going to pull off the most badass yeah, move in Australian Survivor history in this episode. So she's so good. She's so good. She's she's yeah. She seems so down to earth too. But just a good Survivor player. Great, good to watch. But uh, but yeah, back at camp, Justin. What what's he saying here? That there's uh no secret secret. He's voting David out. So he, he, yeah, he, he he's not making any bones about it. He, he's he's uh, does say he's going to miss his cooking though. This is a very quick pre-trial. It's the quickest one I think we've got because it basically borders down to, yeah, as you said, Justin well, comes back, he's gone, did, we didn't want to give him immunity, uh, going to miss his cooking. We get did, Nicole talking about it being very dreadfully tense. Imogen mentions for the first time about money and then I think it's, um, is it Nicole who says, I know what I think I see but I'm not going to call. No, that's that's Imogen still says that. So, but th- yeah. This is what I was saying and this is what I was saying at the start. 
it, it is it's a great it's a great episode. Don't get me wrong, I, I really enjoyed this episode as far as like the the stuff that happens in it. But man, I've got about I've got like four pages of notes. I normally have about fourteen pages of notes. You know, like not it's weird. Like not it's a great episode as far as things going on, but there's not actually a lot to talk about. The thing I would say what I like about this episode and maybe why I go out on a limb and say to me it's the best episode of the season is is you remember this episode. You, yeah, you, yeah. you, in five years' time when we're up to your season or whatever, you can always go, the, the two seasons of season two that you remember are the season where Imogen gives up her immunity and, you know, accuses Justin of giving money to bribe and the twist episode. You know, that to me, what's what makes this an episode, it's, a, it's an odd one. It's weirdly edited. I'm not happy with production that we didn't get to see these deals and it's never explained. To me, that is maybe the worst storyline in Australian Survivor history, that it is swept under the rug like it shouldn't happen. And we'll get to more of this in Tribal. But, yeah, I don't know. You, you just remember this. It's just one of those episodes that you can go... The one where Imogen gives up immunity and the one with the allegations. That's, to mm. me, what makes this so memorable. But you're right. Like, I don't think I wrote as many notes as usual, but, like, this just pre-immunity, uh, pre-tribal, sorry, section is is so short because this tribal is long. This is like a 15-minute tribal, I want to say. It's it's quite a long section. And but the, the, what makes this weird, like, we've talked about kind of this Justin David thing coming out of nowhere and then all of a sudden we get this caveat of Imogen talking about the money. The thing that makes it even weirder for me is the way Dicko goes, oh, I feel like there's a bit of tension going on here. What's going on? <laughs> like, like usually the hosts are good at pretending that they don't know what's going on. Like, Propes is a master of that. JLP's pretty good at it. You know, it's kind of like, it, it's good. But, like, Dicko just comes out here and says it. I've been watching you all at camp and I've heard allegations. What's going on? Like, I don't like that because, like... To me, there isn't tension. To me, I want to see Imogen on the beach, like, pointing a finger at Justin, going, you've been offering money, and Justin's going, no, I haven't. Like, there's no tension as a viewer. I don't know if that's what I'm just seeing it, but, like, it's almost like the weird thing about this tribal, this should be a more epic tribal, because, again, Imogen is... I'm calling this now the most badass move in Australian Survivor history is what Imogen does here. But to me, there's no tension, because Justin doesn't do anything. Justin what, doesn't what? deny it. Justin doesn't get angry. He just sits there and takes it, gets voted out, and even his final words, he's just like, cool, I had a good time. I don't and, get but that's, it. But that's why I'm like, like, this is where, when Imogen gives that confession before tribal where she's saying, yeah, some, one of our four has been offering money and uh, to, to contestants to back him, and then she says, I'm talking about Justin. That's where really producers should have really said, well, because she's obviously told him that, you know, before going to tribal. She. That's where probably producers need to say, well, you if this is if this is what yeah if this is going to be an issue going into trouble, you need to go and have it talk to him. Go go yeah. go say something to him so we can get it on camera. Like don't don't just not yeah you because know, does Justin even know this is coming? Like we don't know. Does does Justin get into trouble and know that this is already an issue that that people know and that they're going to be talking about? Because he sits there and looks like he he, he doesn't that he doesn't know and, he, and then he's panicking about well I'm just not going to really say anything. I'm going to deflect it. You're and, right. then, and then, and then at the end, when his final words, he, he's in absolute shock of what the hell has just happened. Like, so I don't know. I'm confused. But this is this is my issue uh, on all the layers of this. It's it's and like I'm going to flip flop around with this tribal because it's a bit to decode. But when Justin answers, he has n- like it's not like he flat out goes, "I don't know what they're talking about. These are completely false allegations. I want to deny them." Or it's not like he comes out and goes, "Yes, I had a conversation." His quote is something along the lines of having to find individual strength having to respect yourself to move forward, that's what's going to go on time. I mean, that's like me saying, Matt Dyson, how was your time on Survivor? And you answered, I'm so glad that Australia won so many gold at the Olympics. 
Like, it, yeah. it, like it, it makes no sense in the context of the question. This is coming from a journalist. <laughs> like, I get, you know, sidesteppy spin answers all the fucking time. I would, if I was Dicko, I would not let that go. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That's your answer? Like, and just from a television perspective, I have to say, and like, this is maybe where it's one of the downsides of not having David Mason on after, like we got him on before. Like, there's got to be something here with the edit. There's got to be something, like, I, I, like if we get Justin on and maybe he's it's been 15 years, he'll be honest with us, maybe David or Imogen or, or Guy being in the jury, like, maybe we can get to the bottom of this. Because I, I just, the editing makes no sense. The questions oh, yeah. make no sense. The answers make no sense. I don't understand how this is, like, this is the talking point of yeah. this season. Allegations have been made that a player is bribing another player with money to stay in the game and you basically gel over it like it is Matt Dyson's time on season five. Like, I just, I don't yeah. get it. Pro- pro- yeah, production's dropped the ball. I mean, they've dropped the ball. Somewhere along the line, something has not been shown or they haven't asked a question or whatever, and they've tried to edit around it. I just hope, look, I hope 15 years later that, you know, when we get David on, when we get Imogen on, hopefully Justin, who knows, that, you know, that someone just tells us what really happened. You know, that's you know, yeah. 15 and years not, ago, what actually happened. And this is not us being news.com.au going for the flashy headline or, you know, trying to throw somebody on the butt. It's legitimately a case of we need to, I mean, this to me, alongside Ben Wynn, might be the biggest unanswered question in Australian Survivor history. I, I can't think of, an, like, we, we got to the bottom in season one of, like, the, the potential walkout and kind of the, the, the bit where they were going to have a mutiny, you know, things like that. Uh, we got to the end of the green turd. That was great. But, like, I mean, this is just so unanswered. And, like, we are at that point now of this season where we are going to get guests on the show who maybe can answer it. And, you know, like, no disrespect to David Mason, but as a producer of a television show, he's going to have a bit of ownership of his show. He doesn't want to come out and say one thing or the other. Like, it's kind of like um, with uh, Stephen Peters last season. Like, he knows the budget of the season, but he's not going to openly say that on air, even though it's been 20 years later. Like, there are certain things I get people don't want to admit on public record. But to me... This is from, I've always said this is the one question I want answered this season. We are getting to that point now where I think in the coming weeks with the guests we're going to get on, this is going to be the main talking point. Because I just, I really need to know what happened here. We we have solved plenty of mysteries on ASA, haven't we? We're now, you yeah. mentioned them all there and I'm thinking, I, I, maybe the green turd was the best of them all, but. but <laughs> well, so actually, I, personally, with the green turd, the other one was the fact that Katie Gold legitimately wanted to kill someone on season one. Like, that wasn't just a, a saying. She said she would have done it. So, And, and, and <laughs> I, I like the fact she, she also admitted she, she did track down Rob and actually got that, that $500 from him for doing the new That run. is very true, eventually, yeah. eventually. But, uh, I mean, look, outside of that, I, I said it twice now, third time, and this is a big call because we've had some big, bold moves in the Channel 10 era, but I'm calling Imogen Bailey giving up immunity as the badass moment in the history of this show because, like, let's analyse this. Like, the the beauty of Imogen Bailey. She's basically had a seed planted to her by David saying this has happened. So Imogen is not okay with this. Imogen has said... You know, there are other people laying down for other people. And, like, on paper, like, other people stay in the game and sacrifice themselves and that sort of stuff all the time. But it's the money aspect that's the the tricky one here. Imogen is literally sitting there and she wants to talk about this. But she straight away says, I didn't want to talk about this tonight because I've got protection and I don't feel comfortable because people think that I'm just going to be saying this because I've got protection. Dicko straight away says, well, you can give that up if you like. And apparently, according to David Mason, wasn't a thing. Dicko just said that on the cusp. So that was all Dicko. 
Imogen has this sort of look. She waits. She takes it off and gives it to Nicole and then says what she wants to say and says, vote me out if you need to. Like, that is that be- a badass move. That is like, and that's not even cockiness. That's nothing. That is Imogen being a solid human being and standing up for her beliefs. And, like, we know how much Imogen wants to be in this game. It's just, I just can't think of another moment in Australian Survivor history where somebody has literally just gone, fuck it, I'm going to stand up for this. And she comes out a hundred times better at the end. If this was Imogen David at the end, I'm saying right now that Imogen probably wins this game based on this move alone. Oh, yeah, it's a badass move. Do we know, this might test your memory of US Survivor, had anyone at that stage ever given up their immunity idol so I know it has happened before in, in the earlier seasons of US Survivor. Oh, wasn't but, Eric uh, the first? No, yeah, hang on. Well, no, 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 no. Uh, Amazon. Um, did Heidi give it to Jenna or Jenna gave it to Heidi? So it could have been, yeah. I had a feeling it had at least been done once I think Jenna gave it to Heidi. Oh, no. There was definitely at one point in Amazon somebody mm. gave it up. I, I, and yeah. I'll just say to, to some of our listeners, um, we're, we're getting answers on Twitter and we really do appreciate it. Somebody mentioned a recent one and I, I for the life of me, should have come in and brought it up. But obviously we pre-record a lot of these episodes. So, you know, the facts and the stats come back a little bit later. But I'm sure somebody listening to this right now um, you're going to clarify, please clarify to me whether it was Heidi gave it to Jenna or the other. I think Jenna gave it to Heidi from memory. Um, but I don't think prior to Amazon we ever had it. No. And that, that to me, yeah, I'm 99% sure it was Jenna. And I've always been a big advocate for Jenna as a winner of Amazon. And it's a season I personally don't really like. But, I mean, Jenna is a much better winner than people give her credit and, for. And it's moves and like cool. that. Yeah, and of course we know it was Eric gives gives it away. In oh, famously, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then Brandon, of course, did it later yeah, on in South yeah, Pacific. But right. I mean, look, uh, sorry, I, I've jumped in. I keep talking about this, but I just I can't praise Imogen enough. Like, I'm sure there are going to be people who disagree and think, well, she was stupid because she did this. But like, Imogen was never in danger here. Like, I know she ends up getting voted for, but that's just more of a Justin like. I think Justin's just shitty at Imogen. Um, like but- she, the only person who votes for him is a big talking point is Justin. So, I mean, God, like, Imogen Bailey, I feel like we haven't talked her up enough because we've all been talking about David, but the utter queen of this season, she's in the Hall of Fame for a reason because of moves like this. And she's just, again, you mentioned it earlier, she was very much nearly the first boot. Mm. Um, She would have peered this season if we did not have this ridiculous twist in two episodes' time. Mm. No, I 100% agree. Uh, What I find with interesting with this trouble too, yeah, they, they sort of really, obviously they're talking about the bribe stuff, but they really, the way they're talking, they're, they're basically talking like Justin, it was, he just wanted everyone to, it, it to be all about him. You know, like that everyone just, their job was to get Justin to the end, get him extra screen time, get him to win. And that, that they've just drawn this line in the sand and they're like, they've just had enough, you know, Nicole's had enough. She's sick of playing for other people. She's realized, you know what, I'm actually going to start doing things for myself. Obviously, Imogen, you know, she says it's all been about playing for Justin. She's had enough. She's handing over, you know, the, the, the immunity necklaces so she can get shit off the chest. I mean, it just, yeah, it's, it's, it's just like a boiling pot that's just ended. You know what? This game's more than just about Justin, you know, and his bribes and him thinking that it's all about them helping him get to the end. And Justin basically sits back and, well, you know, I had to deal with the girls and 
I'd who I aligned with, and I thought we we're all getting there together. So I mean, he's sort of fobbing it off, and but they've had enough. They've had enough. But this this is where I'll say this could have gone down as one of the greatest tribal councils in Australian Survivor history had we had like Justin denying allegations and this that and everything. I mean, in modern Survivor, there'd be people whispering to it. Like I fucking hate that. I, when we get to Channel Ten and we have people going off and whisper, I hate that. I cannot state how much I hate in modern Survivor that you allow these players to whisper to each other. I hate it so much. But, like, this could have gone on so the, more epically. But this is what I love here. Imogen, she turns around to David Oldfield and says, Oh, yeah. You, she said, this is great. She said, did you tell me Justin was making deals with people or was that yep. said to win me over? And David, just, he didn't go into it too much. He just says, I've never said anything. I've never said anything oh, to you that wasn't that wasn't gives me shivers. It, was, yeah. it gives me so, shivers. It's a drop so mic good. moment. It yeah, is. It is brilliant. It is so good. And then Imogen's reaction, where she basically turns around and goes, well, and she just like shrugs, shrugs her shoulders. Like, this is, I'm not saying this isn't a great tribal council. It's the best we've had this season. I think the best we will get this season. Maybe the best at this point in Australian Survivor we've had. Because again, not to take away from our beloved season one, there really wasn't a great tribal council in season one. Whereas this is just like jaw-droppingly amazing. Unfortunately, it was spoiled for us a week ago, as we know. Um, but yeah, like God, it's just like that moment is so good. It's just, it's just, it's the little things. Like even Gab's reaction when Gab is basically like, you know, like, oh, I don't think this, and even she like has, and it, like her and Justin have almost kind of got this guilty look on their face, but we're not saying anything. Look, it's kind of almost like a we don't want to ruin our reputation. And like that's where I'm going to come out and say that. If this was a, a non-celebrity season, this was just you and I there in Vanuatu, I feel we would get more. To me, this is more Justin Melvy and Gabrielle Richards saving their their reputations as as yeah. list celebrities. And like, I, again, goes back to my editing, the producers, everything. Like, there's more to this. To me, Justin's threatened to walk off. Like, Justin's, you know, like, do not show this on camera. Do not talk about this. Like, I, I don't want this out in the open. I mean, I like... I would love to have 2006 TV weeks here to new ideas to see. Well, maybe it wasn't talked about. Maybe we are legitimately the first media in the history of media to be talking about this. But again, it's mysterious. But at the end of the day, Justin goes home. The other big talking point here is that Gab votes for Justin. Yes. Uh, Now, you messaged me and said I couldn't see the vote. Now, I struggled a little bit, but David Mason here, I'll, I'll read this word for word. Gab turning against Justin was gobsmacking. None of us saw it coming, and all of a sudden we could see that Gab was in the last, at last, in it to win it. Um, the other thing here, actually, I want to point out with David Mason, this is interesting. Uh, talking about, I, I mentioned how Dicko, it was his idea to mention that, about giving the immunity up. David says, one of the beauties of Survivor is that there are so few rules. It's up to the survivors themselves to work out how they want to play. Uh, so we don't impose restrictions on voting for yourself, which we've obviously already know with Kim Johnson, or choosing to give the away the immunity idol. It's interesting how in 2006 they think that that should be a solid rule. Like, that, that's never been a case in any side. Like, that, I'm 50-50 on voting for yourself. But, like, I can see why it's a rule. Whereas, like, giving the immunity idol, that should never be a rule. Like, what sort of survivor is that? Like, you can't give up your immunity. Um... But, um, yeah, David says, it's always been my view to let the show run its course with absolute minimum interference or imposition of rules or restrictions from the outside, which, again, I question about this whole, like, Justin Melvy situation. So, but anyway, Justin goes home, Matt. Um, Or does he? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I was... 
I was in shock when I saw, I didn't realize until I obviously got to the end of this episode, I forgot that Imogen, act, uh, sorry, that Gabby actually voted for Justin. And I said right at the start of this episode podcast, I said that it was just, it's a weird episode. And, and that to me was just, it finished weird because it finished with Gabby voting for Justin, which was never explained either. At no stage did we ever think, why was, why is she voting for Justin? It this that once again doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's not like we saw her have a conf- uh, confessional or a chat to the girls and like, hey, he's getting a little bit too Look, cocky. I'm thinking yeah. about coming with you girls. How about we have a, th- a three-girl alliance and we we take out the two boys and we end up with us three in the final three? There's not even that. It's, it, it's I mean, it's, and it's even more weird when you see next week's preview and kind of Gab's complaining about each other. To me, again, this just falls into the fact that there's been more conversation. Shit's gone down. I think Gab's just basically knows that Justin's going home because everyone's so pissed off at him, so he, she's saving her skin to, like, not have that extra vote. I mean, it's it's no different to um, David voting for, for Guy a couple of episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of... it's And, like, I get that. Like, if, you, if at the end of the day you know nothing's going to change, sure, save your own skin skin but at the same time i would argue that well gab could put an extra vote on imogen so if we're going to have a tie which of course will come down to pass votes that ultimately you know that could work in the favor as well but yeah you're right like it's it's never explained it's kind of odd but i mean let's be honest this is the hashtag never explained episode of a strange survivor yeah what i find really weird matt just to jump in here quickly before i get you more thoughts is that a lot of our episode recaps go quite long um I've had some very long ones outside of our interviews. Right now, this might be one of our shortest ever episodes, but I feel this is the most we've got to talk about. So it's kind of interesting how that plays out, yeah, isn't it? It's funny. I had a feeling this was going to be a short one because, I mean, a lot of it is taken up with that fantastic reward, which is great. It just means when you're doing a podcast, you can't really talk about it too much. But, you know, like when that reward and the thing, like, yeah, I mean, it was great visually, but you can only talk about that so much. So, yeah, I mean, but... I'll, I'll, I'll go with Justin's final words before you talk about what happens next week. But, um, yeah, so he wins $5,000 to Diabetes Australia. So nice little um, charity there. Now, these were his final words, and, and he was distraught. I'm going to say, if you go back and watch it, he was quite distraught while saying, I think more distraught than anyone so far that's actually, you know, in this season that's that's been voted out. He, he says, wow, what a night tonight was. Let the drama unfold. Well, it definitely did tonight. I really appreciate how far I've made it. I couldn't have done it without the girls. It's uh, it's on a journey I'll never forget and something I'll take for the rest of my life. So, yeah, it's um, he, he's in shock. I don't think he, he expected, go, like when he woke up that morning, that he'd be getting voted out that night. He, I think he, he thought, obviously, he'd be getting to the end. Well, congratulations, uh, Justin. You end up getting to the end anyway. Yeah, and again, it just falls into the, the weirdness of this episode where it's like, why doesn't he take a moment to deny it or or like even just say something like, look, I, I made a few things and I went out on a limb to try something different and ultimately that worked against me. Like it's just, it's the avoidance. It's just the fact that it's not even mentioned. That's just the strangest of it. And I just, I just don't get it. But um, the, the couple of things actually I, I noticed is that um, when Justin gets up and walks away, David gives Gab a little bit of a rub on the back there. So I don't know what that's about. And then I love how Nicole and Imogen kind of hold hands. Like it's kind of like, it's just, and like, I feel in the coming weeks, we'll talk it up more, but Nicole and Imogen's relationship. I mean, God, I think I've said before, maybe the most iconic and the the best duo we ever get in Australian Survivor. Um, But um, 
yeah, like uh, we're not going to eulogize Justin because uh, spoiler alert, we're going to see him back in a couple of weeks. And the, I think with the difference with Guy and Justin is Guy's gone for what like four episodes, whereas Justin's only really gone for one. So mm. um, it's kind of it's 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 interesting that again our final two uh, basically are not in it right now. Um, and I like and looking ahead to next, next week's kind of almost the forgotten episode for me because like I always forget that there's like an episode where Gab uh, goes home before we get kind of this uh, infamous episode two weeks later. But um, yeah, next week Gab's um, annoyed, which is again weird that she voted for Justin. Um, but uh, we get next week family visit. Can I just say I'm excited for family visit for the most randomest family member ever, um, <laughs> which. Like, we've mentioned her already this episode. Sarah Marie is Imogen's family member. And when I interviewed her last year briefly for the Hall of Fame, she did mention something about Sarah Marie. And I think she even said in that interview from memory that she still to this day is her best friend. Um, So, like, they were obviously on Celebrity Big Brother together, as we've established. So, it's just one of the most randomest, like, oh, my God, here's TV. Because we'll talk about it more next week. Sarah Marie was a pretty big fucking name in Australian television in the 2000s. Um, like nowadays, I think she works in a mine in Western Australia. I think the last time I saw what she was up to when they did one of those big brother, where are they now things. But um, yeah, imagine having Sarah Marie from big brother. That would be like Matt Dyson having Manu from uh, uh, MasterChef, uh, My Kitchen Rules, whatever no, one's he's from. <laughs> it would be, it'd be the ready, steady cook guy. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, Peter, Peter Everett. Everett. <laughs> you know hey, that maybe that's how God. maybe that's how we can get like Ben Dark out of the shadows or Ben Wynn. If I ever get hey. a survivor and I make it that far, my my family member's gonna be Ben Dark or Ben Wynn. Actually, can you do me a favor? Can you have a quick look up Peter Everett's Instagram to see what 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 the followers count is? All oh, right, yeah, exactly. Did we we'll get, get him we'll up give it, We'll give it. We'll give it a little update. <laughs> we need to keep getting him more followers. Um, do you have anything to add on the little preview for uh for next week? No, look, you're right. I think you're right. It's it's that forgotten episode, isn't it? You're, I think you nailed it on the head. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, more rewards. More, yeah. I just love these rewards. Uh, I love these reward family visits. We have got volcano rewards coming up. We have got people coming back into the game. So we've got still got plenty of talk about on ASA. Uh, Peter Everett's got uh, 1,029 followers. I can't remember what he had last time we talked about him. That's, Is he over 1,000? No, I think he wasn't over 1,000 last time. Do he? Oh, good job. So, okay. Well, what's his, what's his um, Instagram handle? We've got to get more followers uh, for him. Peter Everett AU, everyone. Peter Everett AU. Um, good to see. He's, it looks like he's got his vaccination. Good on you, Peter. He was happy that Ash won Wimbledon. Good on you, Peter. Uh, so everyone give him a follow. Uh, just quickly, the confessionals haven't mentioned this at all. Uh, this episode, uh, who do you think got the most confessionals this week? Matthew Dyson. Oh, geez. Okay. Who's, uh, did Nicole seem, oh, probably Nicole Imogen, maybe Imogen. Well, you're right on one. It's a tie. Nicole got nine. Um, and Justin also got nine. So, uh, there you go. Uh, only five to Imogen, six to David and five to Gabs. Uh, so, uh, there you go. A nice, uh, stretch of confessionals being spread out there. Uh, some of the comments over on the Survivor Sucks forum are very interesting. A lot of people really anti-Justin, uh, this week. Um, didn't like, everyone hated the challenge. Uh, really did. I, I, I need to read this line out here. I don't get it, but a lot of people like it. Uh, this is coming from a user called Karamia21. David is now as black as Gabby. Maybe that's why Pauline hates him. What? Yeah, I don't get it either, uh, but that's a comment. Um, the Karamea also says, Justin was a complete and utter wanker. I fucking hate that guy. 
How can he offer the others money if the prize is for charity? I wish they had also kicked him in the nuts as he was leaving TC. <laughs> Imogen was less painful than previous episodes and good for her for getting stuck into fuck knuckle at TC. Imogen, fuck less painful? Fuck knuckle? What? I have, not like, heard, I have not heard fuck knuckle in, I reckon, about 10 years. You need to listen fuck to Double knuckle. 007, also Honest, available. Can I start calling you fuck knuckle, Ben? Of course you can, Matt. You can call me whatever you want as long as it's not late for dinner. Um, or, or big fella. No, I hate. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I used to hate big fella because, like, I'm not one who often, like, I was bullied in school. Boo-hoo, Ben. But, like, you know, you get called all these names and all this sort of stuff. But, like, I was I've always been quite big. And I realise the Australian terminology of big fella is almost more of a term endearment. But I used to hate it when people called me big fella. Because I'm like, are you saying it because I was fat? I hated it. Hated it, hated it, hated it. So, no, not big fella. <laughs> all right. Just, I've lost just weight, fuck, Matt. I'll stick to fuck knuckle. And I would rather fuck knuckle than big fella. Not even joking. <laughs> <laughs> Call me fuck knuckle any day of the week. Just not big fella. Can't stand that. Um, oh, so, yeah, shit. next week, obviously, I should mention, we didn't mention at the top of this episode, obviously, last week we said, oh, hopefully Elton, obviously no Elton interview, but we are hoping to get Elton on still throughout this season. We are now kind of in a bit of a stretch now. We're going to have a few episodes in a row because, obviously, Justin, if we do get him on, it'll be more after the finale. Then next week, Gab is kind of a tricky one to find. So we are kind of going to be on a string of uh, interviewless episodes in a row, which is still good. We like talking about these ones as well. But uh, then we get into our big ones towards the end. And, and, and uh, one that we talked about just prior to this that uh, maybe we might try and track her down for a random interview because we like to have that random interview of somebody on the show as well but uh, I'm enjoying this Matt we are we are only now what four episodes from this season uh, ending and realistically outside of next week I mean it just it just heats up from here I mean god episode uh, 10 is maybe going to be the most talked about episode in the history of Australian Survivor it's, it goes quick doesn't it it's you know I can still remember when we'll, we'll interviewing uh, David Mason, you know, and and that initial interview and learning all about the season because we didn't really know much about it. We sort of said it's a, it was the season that you, we knew least about because it was never highly sort of publicised as far as what went on. You know, it was a charity season that sort of just came and went and, and that was it, but no one had ever really spoken about it again. But, yeah, we're learning so much about it, Ben, to think that we're all, you know, we're on the home stretch now. We, you know, it, it is a bit disappointing that, you know, obviously like people like Gabby is just, vanished off the face of the earth so we have no idea so you know the highly unlikely we'll, we'll we'll be getting her on and you know we're having a bit of trouble tracking down a few of the others there's a few that you know we we definitely will be getting on that that's already locked in but um but yeah look whatever happens ben over these next sort of i guess couple of months um it, it's going to be exciting because we are going to learn more and who knows ben we we may end up learning a bit more about that bribery stuff but oh, um but yeah, i mean there's so. a lot of there's a lot of other good stuff to talk about. You know, I definitely don't want to just keep harping on that. We do want to find out about it, but uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's so much more to talk about. To, um, you know, before this season ends, anyway. So, oh, God, it's been it's been fantastic. I've been love talking about it, and we'll love talking about it until we till we close it up. I'll correct myself and say maybe the second most uh, anticipated because, of course, the finale of season one to me probably stands up as, as the greatest of all time. But if you're enjoying what we're putting out there, uh, we, we, we thank you. We appreciate that. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. We are out there. Subscribe on all the relevant channels. Give us a 
feedback, some some reviews out there. We'd love to hear what you're thinking. And uh, obviously, we've got plenty still to come. Our big 20-year reunion for Season 1, Whaler's Way, is still on the cards. It's only a couple of months away now, which we're very, very pumped and excited for with that one. And, of course, bringing you coverage of all of that too. We've already gotten a bunch confirmed for showing up, Matt Dyson, which is uh, very, very exciting to see. So uh, very much looking forward to that. And I just want to say, if, if, if we not doing too many interviews over the next couple of weeks. You know, don't forget, guys, we've got a YouTube channel as well that um, obviously has a lot of the – well, has all of the interviews we've done so far. So definitely check that out. I think that's that's one that, you know, this year we're doing the video content with the interviews and it's definitely worth checking out if you get a chance. So don't forget about that. But, uh, Ben, have you thought anything about a closing song? Well, I'm glad you're on the ball today, Matt, because I didn't even thought of that. Right well, now. I just thought, um, I'm just thinking, obviously, the, the fire god, the fire starter's gone. Like, what about fire starter by the prodigy? Well, you've just taken, you basically have taken what I was just about to say and made it your own and pretending now that you came up with that idea. Hey, I, I sound like an idiot ben, a second ago. I had to save myself somewhere, right? <laughs> I like how you jump in and quickly take what I was just about yep. to say to make out you're the, you're the thing to hear. Of course, it's going to be Prodigy Firestart. I mean, what else, what other song could we possibly use when the, when the Fire God himself, Justin? I love how he's a Fire God, but he's still lost to Nicole, who they never really talked about being a Fire God, but the Fire God lost. So, but anyway, but yeah, what do you reckon, Prodigy? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just singing it right now. I, I'm thinking, like, do we do we do the uh, the Weird Al version? Nah, we do the we do the Prodigy version, of course. Uh, we'll be back next week to cover episode. Uh, nine of Australian Survivor Season 2. Until then, my name is Ben and I'm a legend! My name's Ben and uh, my name's Ben. Oh, <laughs> hello, Ben. No my wonder name... you sucked at Survivor. There it is. My, Your real name's, name's Ben. ben. Yeah. Oh, Ben, jeez. Maybe I should have been a Ben. That's the first boot. It would have been coming handy. <laughs> but my name's Matt and I'm going to go track down Bert Newton's wig. I think he does feel left out, but David's a politician. He's a very smart man. Would David vote me on if he had the opportunity? Of course he would. And a heartbeat. It's a bit hard. You know, I'm sort of competing with the matinee idol, and um, I think that it's time there was a vote cast for Justin. Um, Justin essentially exudes overconfidence uh, in just about everything, and it's something that I, I don't personally like. Did uh, Gab want any, or she's not a crab? She doesn't like lobster or crab. Yeah. Cheap date. And then there were five. And who'd have thought, hey, with all those buffy sportsmen, that the uh, makeup of our final five would have been so. I salute you. Mud, mud, glorious mud. I want a good, clean race. <laughs> play hard, play dirty, but play to win. Go! Ow, says Gabby. Oh, David's catching up. She needs to pick up her pace here. Looks like the elimination's going to be between Gabby and David. Let's get a fair old lick on here. She wants to survive. She's making her leg go for it. She's making her leg go She's through. Gabby has stolen it at the death. This is a famous victory. A magnificent performance. What a legend. What a champion. What's it going to be? Oh, just I'm sorry, but I need Emmy. I'm done with rewards. It happens, it happens. I'm pretty much I'm pretty over it, to be honest with you. I can't believe that I won. <laughs> we were so excited. We couldn't stop kissing. We were just like little kids waiting for Sam to arrive. <laughs> we were in heaven. It was so exciting. It was a beautiful view. Um, so we felt really special. <laughs>
I, my assumption is as they get older, they go up higher. When I say high, I mean skyscraper high. Like, it's pretty crazy. Gabby is Justin's main gal, so she's sort of by his side. OK, Justin, Gabby, you know the rules. You need to pull each other off. Gabby and Justin certainly um, come over a bit as a very flirty couple. The way things look, you couldn't help but think that there's a, a little bit more going on than just a little bit of flirting or being together as buddies. Right there. Oh, yeah, right. OK. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's a big one. Nice one. Oh. Oh. Look at that. That's a blue Look at the size of that. I'm exhausted, babe. Today's challenge is called the tile shoot, and it's for immunity. So, big fella, I'm going to have to take that back, please. But fret not. You're about to be able to win it back, all right? Thank you, sir. Immunity back up for grabs. Fire God has risen. Fire God has risen. And soon the fire will rise as well. I can get fire down this morning. I am a legend. I'm definitely not a morning person unless I'm getting paid. That's <laughs> a typical actor thing, isn't it? Are you ready, Twisted Firestarters? Yes. Okay. Go. Okay, on goes Bert Newton's week.